ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. ladies. Welcome to this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I am excited to talk with you all today on the topic of hospitality. Um, I love talking about hospitality. Um, You know, as believers in Christ, God blesses us with different spiritual gifts, different things that um, just in our unique personality and who he has created us to be, um, aspects of ways that we can minister to the body of Christ and even to lost people um, and ministering within our homes. And that looks different for every person. Um, You know, there was a long time where I just wanted to be involved in the bus ministry and many people asked me to be involved in the bus ministry, but I get so carsick on buses that there was no ministering happening when I was on a bus. I was so sick. And I just realized, okay, that's probably not my area of service. Um, So I needed to find something else. And I was actually just talking to somebody today. So I'm going to tell on myself and age me. Um, I am going to be 29 this month. So one more year before the big 30th birthday. And you know, sometimes I'm kind of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm going to turn 30 and I want to miss my 20s. But honestly, the closer I get to 30, the more I think it's just going to be a great decade. Um, I, I kind of look back over my 20s and I see so much personal growth, so much development and acceptance of the person that God has made me. You know, in my early 20s, I feel like I had a an idea, I guess, of who I wanted to be, who I thought the perfect person was, and I just strove to attain that person. Um, some of it was, you know, aspects of who God made me to be, and some of it wasn't. But as I have just grown in the Lord, grown in my confidence in the Lord, um, just had my identity rooted in Him and not myself or what others think of me or what I feel like um, the world applauds as acceptable or successful. The more I lean on Him, the more I realize I don't need to be this or that or, you know, okay, this is the current fad, so I need to have this skill. No, I just need to lean into who it is that God wants me to be and find the strengths that he has created me to have. And for me personally, one of those is hospitality. I love being hospitable. Um, I love having people in our home. So many people have been hospitable to us, and maybe that's where kind of some of this has birthed out of is just, you know, as we've been on deputation, we've had just over and over again, church members and pastors and pastor's wives and just people that have been so kind have went out of their way to make us feel welcome and comfortable and taken care of. And that has blessed my family over and over again. Um, and, and I want to share that blessing with others. And so hospitality is something that I really enjoy. Now, maybe you're listening and you're like, that is not me. I don't like having people in my house. I get nervous having company, you know, whatever end of the spectrum that you are on. Maybe it's not your ministry. Maybe, you know, maybe 
the bus is your ministry or singing or, you know, teaching a children's class, whatever. But I do feel like to a certain degree, God has called all of us as believers to be hospitable. Um, Romans 12, 13 says that we are to be given to hospitality. And I think hospitality, having a hospitable heart and home is such a great way to point others to Christ, whether we are bringing fellow believers into our home and encouraging one another and fellowshipping with one another as we speak of Christ and all he's done in our lives, or as we have lost, unsaved people come into our home and we are showing them up close and personal, hey, we are not perfect. We have a long way to go, but Lord willing, our home as a Christian home will look different than a home of a person that is not saved. And honestly, it should not only look different, but it should be attractive to a non-believer. They should see something in the home of a Christian that they think, I want this. Um, So I just want to talk to you a little bit today about several different aspects of hospitality that the Lord has just kind of put on my heart. I, if you listen to my podcast very long, you know that I love to read. So I've been reading some different books on hospitality recently. So I'll share um, some different things that the Lord has used from books that I've read, from some scripture, um, just some different things with hospitality. I'm going to tell you a little bit of our own personal hospitality journey in history. Um, like I said, we love having people in our home. Um, we love hosting. I'm, I'm trying to get better about using the word hosting instead of entertaining. I'll come back to this in a little bit. Um, but we love to host and have people in our home. Um, we did that some in my home growing up. Um, I remember different times that missionaries would come through our church and we would have them over. Um, but not a lot. But Simeon's mom is like the queen of parties. I mean, she loves parties. If there's anything to celebrate, she wants to celebrate it and throw a party for it. So I've really learned a lot from her as she just, I mean, her home, the door is always open. Anybody that wants to come in. Um, So that's been really neat to see and experience as I've, you know, been kind of a part of his family. Even back before we were married, I was hanging out at his house and with his family a lot. And I was able to see that firsthand glimpse. Um, but when Simeon and I first got married, we lived in this itty bitty house. We, we were talking about it the other day. So our bedroom was so small. We could, we had a full size bed and we could only position it one way in the bedroom that would allow for the door to shut. Um, so there wasn't any like changing it up from time to time. No, there was one layout that we could shut the door. And that was only with a full-size bed. So, oh my goodness. But anyway, all that to say, it was an itty-bitty house. And we had a little table in our kitchen. It seated four people. Um, And we did. We'd had people over for dinner. um, A lot of different people. But we, at the time... You know, we were all just graduating college, so we had a big group of friends that had just gotten married. We didn't have kids yet, and so we loved to hang out with that group of friends, and we all seemed to congregate at our house. So we would either pile in our tiny living room or in the back, like, bonus room, um, and we'd have game nights. And we could have, you know, on average, I don't know, we had, like, goodness, four or five couples Um, in in that tiny house. And then something else that we started, we've been married seven years in July. 
I don't know if we started it our first year we were married. If it wasn't the first year, it was definitely the second year. But we started having a Christmas party every year. And of all the times that we host and invite people over to our house, like this is the grand finale of the year. I love our Christmas party. Um, We always theme it, have like themed food. There's always some sort of contest. Every year you can win a Chick-fil-A gift card if you win the contest. Um, We play lots of fun games. Um, It's just an absolute blast. But I will never forget the year that I think we had like eight couples to our Christmas party. So we had 16 people and literally we had lined up folding chairs in that back bonus room, like chair to chair. I mean, there was no space in between chairs and we just looped them around the room. So it's like this big oval of chairs and we were packed in there like sardines. But I look back and that is one of my favorite memories of being in that house is we just piled people in and we had so much fun. Um, Thank the Lord. He opened up an opportunity for us to move um, when we had my son. So we have a bigger house now and we have a huge living room, which we actually kind of have divided our living room in half. One half is kind of like a living room area. The other half is like my homeschool area slash kid play area. Um, But when we have parties, we just push our couch back against the wall instead of kind of using it to divide the room in half. And we just open up that room. So we have a lot more room now in this house. Um, But we've just, we've, we've had so much fun um, having people in our home, letting them into our hearts and really just celebrating life with them. Um, That's a little bit of kind of some of our journey of hospitality as we've been married as a couple. Um, But you know, hospitality, I think sometimes we get this idea that it's being hospitable is having a house and a table that looks like something you'd find on like Better Homes and Gardens or something like, oh, I have to make this fancy meal and have a beautiful table and centerpiece and have a beautiful home that's clean and, you know, the kids just obeying perfectly and have all these wonderful conversation starters. And, you know, and I I fell into that for a while. You know, our, our first house was definitely... um humble beginnings. Our house now, um, we love our house. I'm thankful that the Lord has given it to us. But you know, if I had the opportunity to have any house that I could pick, it would not be this one. Um, It's not, you know, my wraparound porch, pretty white columns, you know, it's just, um, God just has us in a season, even with the inside. I am, interior design is not my area of expertise at all. But knowing that the mission field was in our future, we haven't really invested in any like decor. Um, I really don't have any like theme, no decoration style. 98 probably percent of our furniture is hand-me-down from hand-me-down from hand-me-down. Um, and there was a time where I really kind of let that I didn't let it keep me from hospitality, but I let it keep me from having the right heart with hospitality. Um, I was embarrassed. I felt like I needed to make an excuse when someone came over like, you know, oh, we're, we're moving. So we haven't been able to decorate like we want. And and that was just the wrong perspective in all of it. I'll tell you um, a story that the Lord really just used to be like, you are prideful. You need to change your motives. Um So I've talked before about the moms group that I admin on Facebook. And every other month, we have a mom's night out. 
And back in December of 2020, I was hosting the Mom's Night Out. And I've, I've had people to my house before. Um, you know, and honestly, I, I've come to a point where, like, okay, I'm content with where I am. I like my house. You know, we're good. But there was this new mom who kind of met through different avenues. Anyway, it was her first time to be a part of the group and to do any event with the group. And she is so, so sweet. Um, but I friended her on Facebook, didn't really know much about her. I just knew she was going to come to our mom's night out. And so, you know, I did what I would think most people would do. Um, I Facebook stalked a little bit to be like, okay, who is she? I, I feel like I need to like kind of get to know her before I actually like meet her in person. So I was looking on her Facebook and I saw this picture on her feed of the most gorgeous house with this beautiful Christmas light display. Um, and I was just like, oh my goodness, that is her house. And all of the sudden, I looked at my house and I saw like every ugly thing about it. And I was so embarrassed that she had this beautiful, gorgeous, ginormous house. And she was going to be coming to my house for this mom's night out. And I really struggled with that. I kept feeling so embarrassed and like, oh, do I need to pick up some extra decorations to try to spruce up my living room? I, it was just, uh, my, my, my motives were absolutely in the wrong place. Um, anyway, fast forward to the night of the mom's night out and she came sweetest girl ever. We're good friends now. Um, but I, I don't even remember. And maybe I just casually mentioned like, oh, I saw the picture of your Christmas lights on Facebook. Your house is beautiful. And she just started laughing. And she was like, that's actually not my house. We were driving around this really ritzy neighborhood. And I just thought it was so beautiful how they had decorated their house. I took a picture and posted it on my Facebook. And oh my goodness, I was like, for two weeks, I have been dealing with major pride and contentment issues, being jealous of her beautiful house. And it wasn't even her house. So the Lord just really smote my heart and <laughs> I should have been like, well, excuse me, I need to go pray and confess my sin and then I'll come back and join the group. Um, but anyway, it is so important to remember the heart of hospitality, to keep the right motives. Um, it, it's not trying to impress or show off how well I cook or how beautiful my house is. Really, hospitality should have nothing to do with us. It is all about being a blessing and an encouragement to others. I'm going to read an excerpt from um, the book, A Life That Says Welcome by Karen Emin. Um, she says, God began to teach me that there is a huge difference between entertaining and offering hospitality. Entertaining puts the emphasis on you and how you can impress others. Offering hospitality puts the emphasis on others and strives to meet their physical and spiritual needs so that they feel refreshed, not impressed when they leave your home. I read that and underlined it like a billion times. That was so good. Looking at the difference between the idea of entertaining or hosting someone to show hospitality. Entertainment is all me-centered. Look what I can do. Look what I made. Come into my home. But no, hospitality is completely others-focused. And I love how she said at the end there, to feel refreshed, not impressed. Truth be told, if my motive is glorifying Christ in all that I do, 
My goal for when someone leaves my home should be not that they leave and think, wow, her kids are so obedient. Her food is the most amazing food I've ever had. Her house is beautiful. No, that that is not what my goal should be. My goal is that they leave saying, man, the Lord is good. That blessed my heart to fellowship with other believers and to be encouraged as we talked about Christ and about all that he's done in our lives. And I have been to homes where both have happened and I have had both happen in my home. And I know that I would always choose to leave refreshed than impressed. And, you know, I'm thinking of one couple, um, just off the top of my head that had us over for dinner recently. And she was so sweet. Um, they were actually in the middle of, they're currently in the middle of renovating their house. And I didn't think two things about that it wasn't finished or isn't exactly how they wanted it. Um, they had a lovely home, but I left thinking, wow, we had some wonderful conversations that glorified Christ, that encouraged my heart, that turned my eyes heavenward. And it was such a blessing to spend the evening with that couple. I mean, that's what I hope that people would say and think when they spend an evening at my home. You know, when I think about hospitality, usually we think of the terrible example of Martha. Um, And I'm telling you, you know, I, I've heard before, like, oh, what Bible character do you do you most like? Um, and I have several that I think, oh, man, if I could be like this character. Um, but then sometimes I've heard, what Bible character do you see yourself um, align with the most? And every time I hang my head and I think, oh, Martha, Martha, I, my natural sinful tendency is to be a Martha. Um, but you know, Jesus did not condemn Martha for being busy, for serving, for trying to take care of her Lord. Honestly, that's what she was doing. She wanted to put her best foot forward for her Lord, to provide for her Lord, to give him that refreshment. But though her actions were tracking, her heart was in the wrong place, um, a couple things in this book, again, a life that says welcome that she brings out about Martha that I thought were so good. She says her attention was diverted from the important and riveted on the trivial. Simply stated, her priorities were all out of whack. So she was more focused on the the nitty gritty details, the food, um, you know, maybe the seating arrangement, getting the flowers put in their vases instead of the most important thing. And that was her relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, whatever it was that Martha made that day, um, it wouldn't last. It would feed their bellies for a few hours and then they'd be hungry again. But the word of the Lord is what stands forever. And that's what Mary chose. Mary chose the best thing. And that was really to feast on Christ and what he had to offer. Um, And I just think that's a good reminder um, for us is just to remember where our focus is. Um, In another book that I'm reading hospitality-wise, The Life-Giving Table by Sally Clarkson, she says, Marcus... I'm sorry. She says, Martha's focus that day was more on the task of serving and even on herself as the server than on connecting with those she served. And that right there is so convicting to think, how many times am I so consumed with the task of serving 
or me as the server to the neglect of connecting with those in whom I'm serving, in whom I'm doing all the work for. I'm doing this work to try to minister to the hearts, to the spiritual needs and physical needs of people that are special to me. Um, But I, I just think, just a reminder, ladies, as we think about hospitality, really it starts in the heart. Before we ever have people into our home, we should have a hospitable heart. Um, Something practical that we have started doing in our home to try to keep our priorities on track and where they should be is before we have people come over, um, usually, you know, soon before we know they're going to arrive, we try to gather our kids, get together as a family, and pray together that God will bless our evening, that he will guide our conversation, that he will receive all glory from the evening, um, that everything that we say and think and do will glorify him and will point others to him. And it's been a good check for myself because it's usually in those last minutes that I'm like, you know, oh my goodness, make sure that this is done cooking and that's perfect. And, you know, oh no, the kid twisted the cloth napkin when they were walking by and he'd like straighten that. And I mean, though, I don't know, those, those really are trivial in the scheme of, of the evening. It's, it's really our, our hearts ready to minister and to encourage. Um, and so stopping in those few moments before our company enters into the door and praying together really just helps kind of align our focus where it should be. Um, and you know, I, I've really been interested as I've read through the life giving table by Sally Clarkson. I'm actually not finished with it yet. I'm, I'm currently working through it um, about three fourths of the way, but she gives passage after passage and illustrations of times when Jesus not only ministered to the spiritual needs of his disciples, of the multitudes, um, of different people, um, publicans and sinners, not only ministered to their spiritual needs, but also ministered to their physical needs. And often Jesus used ministering to their physical needs, um, providing nourishment for their bodies as an avenue to minister to their spiritual needs. Um, she has this quote in her book, um, Sally Clarkson does in the Life Giving Table. It's actually a quote by Leonard Sweet um, that he said, but the quote says, the first word God speaks to human beings in the Bible, God's very first commandment is eat freely in Genesis 2.16. The last words out of God's mouth in the Bible, his final command, it's to drink freely. You can read that in uh, Revelation 22.17. These bookends to the Bible are reflective of the whole of scriptures. Everything in between these two commands is a table. And on that table is served a life course meal where we feast in our hearts with thanksgiving on the very bread of life and the cup of salvation, Jesus the Christ. I thought that was such an amazing mental picture of from the beginning of God's revelation of himself to us to the end of God's revelation to, of himself to us, he talks about eating and drinking and presents himself as all that we need. All that we need is found in Christ. Christ is the living water. He is the bread of life. He is our sustainer. Um, and if it is our desire to be like him, 
then we also should minister to others through this physical means of providing nourishment and encouragement. Um, you know, there were several different times in the book where she would bring out different times where with Jesus's disciples, when he had something heavy on his heart, something very serious and spiritual that he needed to talk to them about. Um, but he did it in the context and in the setting of having a meal with them. And she just brings out the point of how oftentimes a meal together kind of creates an intimate setting, um, hopefully a setting where, um, you know, good conversations are to be had, where hearts are kind of united, everything else is put aside, we are all gathered together in one location, um, sharing in life with one another, and just talking about how Jesus um, used the setting of a table and a meal and meeting the physical needs of the men that he loved to approach their hearts with heavy spiritual things. Um, and I just, I thought that was an interesting thing, um, that she brought out, um, just kind of a, a tidbit that I got out of that. Um, she also says that a life-giving table, like a life-giving home, doesn't just happen. It is intentionally cultivated and created. It takes work, um, you know, to to create this, uh, like the book, the other book, a life that says welcome to create um, just true biblical hospitality, to have your home be an environment that is biblically hospitable. It doesn't just happen because honestly, it goes against the grain of human nature. Um, Even back to when we talked about the difference between entertaining and hospitality, it is our nature to think of ourselves first. Um, but, but that's not what God calls us to in biblical hospitality. He calls us to think of others first. Um, and then just again, remembering to keep the right perspective and the right motive. Um, Colossians three twenty three says, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. I think that's such a great verse in talking about these ideas with hospitality. Do it heartily. Give it your all. Work hard, Martha. But not as unto men, not for the praise of man, but unto the Lord as a ministry to others, pointing them to the Lord and encouraging them. Um, another really great verse, 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. We can bring God glory as we minister to others through food and drink. And I've really, as I've just been kind of reading these books and thinking on these topics, it's been so interesting to me to see how many times over and over in scripture, food and drink come up. And I mean, it's an important part of life. Obviously, you know, three times a day, we like our food and drink. Um, But just using every single aspect of our lives to bring glory to Christ and to point others to him. And I know I touched on it a little bit before, but just the idea of talking about pointing others to him, um, just the importance of realizing the connection between hospitality and the gospel. Really, everything that we do in life should be for the gospel's sake, um, with the idea of bringing people to Christ, whether that is lost people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, or if that's trying to encourage and edify fellow believers to know more of Christ. Um, and, and, you know, that's a mutual thing, especially if you're, um, you know, being hospitable 
to other Christians. You know, when I have believers in my house, obviously I want to minister and encourage them. But so often when they leave, Simeon and I talk about how much we were ministered to, how much we were encouraged and blessed by having them in our home. And I just think it's so important that we keep our eyes on the prize, on what God considers important. And really, the whole revelation of himself to man is for the purpose of the gospel. And it is through the fulfillment of the gospel, through people coming to know him as their savior and continuing to know more and more of him as they're conformed into the image of Christ, God is glorified. And we've talked before, he is worthy of all glory and all praise. And I think it's so neat that in something as simple as a dinner or a meal or even dessert and coffee or whatever it is, that God has made something um, just so tangible, so a part of our everyday lives, but it can be transformed from just simply, you know, hot dogs and french fries to a time where we are fellowshipping with one another physically and spiritually and encouraging one another in the Lord and pointing others to Christ. Um, So I just, I, I think that is such a neat aspect of hospitality is just remembering, remembering the reason, remembering the goal of hospitality is just the furtherance of the gospel. Um, to bring Christ much glory as we try to be his hands and feet and serve others that he has put in our path. So I just want to wrap up this episode um, with just a couple practical things that we've kind of done in our home, just in preparing your home to be a blessing. Um, I have already mentioned how we try to pray together um, before we have people over. Um, If this is kind of something that is on your heart or you would like more information or like more, um, I don't know, if you want to hear more of what I have to say on it. Um, I did another episode on preparing the heart and home for Sunday, and I touch a little bit about the preparation of hospitality in that one um, as well. But uh, so you can go back and listen to that if if that interests you or if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, But also in just preparing the home, I, there again, I've had to just check my motives. If I let Brittany be Brittany without the Lord, I would want every single thing to be as perfect as it could be. Um, I want to have the best, most elaborate and wow food. Um, I would want my house to be spotless from top to bottom. Um, and, And not that there's anything innately wrong with those things. If you have the right heart, go for it. But those things were happening um, out of the wrong heart, out of a heart that wanted to um, get praise from men instead of the Lord. So I really kind of had to check myself. Um, and, and I still, I love to cook. So I still tend to make, I mean, nicer meals. Um, but even with the whole cleaning aspect, I really had to learn to be like, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to have every speck of dust off all the furniture, Um, but something practical that we've just tried to do in a daily routine of our home is just to keep it tidy, and this is still a work in progress. I have little children, um, so it, it, oh my goodness, I never cease to be amazed that they can wake up in the morning, and in less than five minutes, they have dumped like every single toy that they own in the middle of the floor. Like before my feet even hit the ground in the morning, 
I hear it. Dump. All the toys. And, you know, I it's okay. I'm not, I don't want them to have to feel like they can't live and enjoy and have fun. But I'm trying to teach them, look, okay, we're going to play with this thing, whatever. You dumped all the kitchen stuff, all your, all your play kitchen food on the floor. Okay, fine. But we're going to play kitchen. But before we go and tear out all of the art stuff, we're going to clean up the kitchen stuff. Or, all right, your room is a disaster. Before we leave the room and go play in the living room and tear out all those toys, let's clean up the room. Um, so I, I'm trying to teach them to like kind of as you go. Um, my oldest does not, she gets overwhelmed if she just plays and plays and plays and plays and plays. And then at the end of the day, she has to go back and clean up everything. She just mentally, I don't think she can process all that mess. And I struggle too. Um, so I've been trying to help her more like, okay, well, if you're done with this, go ahead and clean it up now while it's a smaller mess. That way later you won't have a mess in every room in the house. So we've been working on that. Um, But also throughout the day, I kind of have like reset buttons. So in the morning, usually it's just, you know, we're back and forth between toys and school and morning basket time and outside. But I try to hit a reset button after lunch. So my youngest two nap after lunch and I try to say, okay, before, you know, we clean up the kitchen after lunch, before we go down for naps, we're going to clean up the house. And they're again, not clean as in spick and span, but really just tidy put things back where they belong, get the house back in order. Um, I also try to do that every evening. Usually the kids help me. Part of their evening routine is kind of tidying up, putting away their toys. Um, But even after they go to bed, I try to just tidy the house. You know, if I have things that are out, I, I try not to leave dishes in the sink at night. It just, I know myself, I don't start my day well if I walk out in the morning and see messes everywhere. Um, So I've just tried to implement tidiness in different aspects of our home. And that has helped um, with even kind of sometimes spontaneous hospitality where somebody's like, you know, I have a neighbor that's like, hey, you know, I want to stop by and talk to you or something like that. I'm not like so embarrassed of, oh my goodness, there's messes everywhere. You know, we try to keep things tidy. Another thing that I'm really striving to teach my kids is we don't have toys in the kitchen and maybe your house is laid out differently. For me, my kitchen is kind of like the back corner of our house and I just don't function well if I'm busy cooking and I'm tripping all over toys. Um, there are plenty other places in the house for them to play. The living room's right beside me so they can be in there playing and we're still kind of together. Um, it just doesn't work well for me to have toys all over the kitchen. So honestly, even in some of these practical things, find what works for you. Find what helps you function best, what helps you be ready to minister to people, whether it is planned a few weeks in advance, having a family over for dinner, whether it is, you know, spur of the moment, hey, somebody needs to stop by. Okay, let's, you know, kids, quick, tidy the living room. You know, I'm going to pull out the teapot, grab some tea, and um, just, just trying to be ready for whatever opportunity the Lord brings in your path. Um, and there, there's so many ways that you can do that. I, I mentioned the teapot. I do have a cute little tea set um, that I've been able to utilize a couple times when I've had just somebody kind of on the whim say, hey, I, I just need to come and talk or, you know, I'm passing through. Can I stop by? And, you know, I might not be able to 
whip up a lunch or whatever, but, you know, I can pull out that teapot, pull out some teas, kind of um, make a nice setting. Really just something to show them, hey, I'm thinking about you. You're welcome here. How can I make you comfortable, relaxed, and refreshed? Um, so I've, I've tried to do that before with tea. I know Sally Clarkson talks a lot in her book about, um, like freezing cookie dough, um, or having cookie dough in the freezer. Um, you can just, you can buy that or you can, you know, make your own and freeze it, but just quick, um, you know, she's, she talks about when she has teenagers or when she had teenagers, you know, it was always great to have cookie dough in the freezer because inevitably, you know, you'd have a teenager coming home, they'd bring a couple friends and just to be able to quickly pop that in the oven and be able to connect not only with her teenagers, but her teenagers friends and hear what's kind of going on in their hearts, what's going on in their world and kind of enter into the world that her child is living in. Um, so that was really kind of a neat aspect. I know my mother-in-law recently was telling me that her sister-in-law, which is my father-in-law's sister, um, anyway, she said that she keeps frozen pizza doughs in the freezer. And she goes ahead and puts um, the sauce on it, and then she just freezes them in, like, sheets like that. Um, And so whenever the grandkids come over, they know that grandma always is going to have the pizza dough in the freezer and toppings in the fridge or well no I think she actually said she freezes toppings in little baggies too so the grandkids come over they pull out their pizza dough they pull out whatever baggie of toppings they want and it's good to go but I thought that was so neat just practical things that you can do to be ready to be an encouragement to somebody else um so I, I hope this episode has encouraged you, has given you some ideas of maybe some things that you can do in your home to prepare to have a heart of hospitality. Um, And honestly, I do hope it has challenged you to really think about not just the act of hospitality, but really the heart behind it. Is my heart in the right place? Um, Because I know I have been challenged in this area and I, I have seen personal growth in this area and the dynamic of the hosting has changed um, and it's blessed me and I would like to hope that it has blessed others as well. But this is just kind of something that um, really is on my heart. I know as I've just gotten different feedback from moms, hospitality is something on many of your hearts too. Um, And like I said in the beginning, I do feel like um, believers are called to be given to hospitality, that we should be always looking for opportunities to make that connection um, between our homes and the gospel. And um, I just, I I think that's super important. Um, So I thank you ladies for joining me on this episode, and I look forward to joining you next week. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.